about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, open your Bibles tonight, Revelations chapter 1. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your revelation, your wisdom, your knowledge. I thank you, Lord, for raising up a generation who are going to be kingdom people who operate in your power, operate in your authority. And we're not just a people that come together, but we come together and we display the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the anointing of God that's on our lives. We thank you, Father, that we become attractive to other people. We draw them in and we give them an opportunity to enter into your kingdom and be all that they can be that you created them to be. And we thank you for tonight and give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Amen. All right, Revelations chapter 1. Look at verse 5. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto God his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and for ever. I notice in the church most of the time we have been taught some of those things there. Number one, how many know you were taught that God loves you? Taught that basically he was washed from you or washed from your sins in his own blood. But when you get into the kingdom of God, it extends it some of what the church has not told you. Number one, you have already been made a king, say a king. And you've also been made a priest here on the earth right now. Not when you die and go to heaven, but right now. I was never told that. I was told about forgiveness for sins. I was told about I was washed in the blood. God loved me. But nobody ever told me about my new position of being a king and a priest unto God. So basically, once we enter the door that we found out last week is Jesus Christ. And when we enter the door and went into the kingdom of God at that time, there's some things we receive that we're not aware of yet. But the Holy Ghost is slowly revealing them to us. So here it says, basically, you are a king and you are a priest. Now, what does a king do? A king basically rules. He's in rulership. He is in dominion. He's the one ruling over a specific area. Also, a priest. What does a priest do? A priest basically deals with relationship. He wants to keep a relationship. So as a king, we are a ruler here on the earth, but we also need to have a relationship with the kingdom of heaven and with Jesus Christ and also with the Father who's in heaven. So once we enter the kingdom of God, what we need to do, first of all, is understand by spiritual growth what God's desires are, what his will are, what his wants. We've got to understand in his kingdom what the laws are. How I many know they're different than what we're living in here? His ways are different. Everything's different. So what we want to do is we want to get in the word of God, which is God speaking to us. And basically, as he speaks to us, hallelujah, it's spreading from one that's going to go all the way. You've got to be careful. Bind that sneeze in the name of Jesus, wherever it is in here floating around. We keep it from coming close to me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. We've got to learn you know, about God's will. We've got to learn his ways. We've got to learn what he wants to do because the world we're living in is completely different than what we lived in before. So slowly our hearts and minds will start to change until we find ourselves having God's mind and God's will and God's ways and God's desire in our heart. Remember, I think it was in the book of Acts where it was said about David. It said he was a man after God's own that's what we're headed towards. We want to be a man and woman after God's own heart. Now, why is that? Because God has given each one of us certain gifts. Say, I have gifts. I have gifts. 
God has given you certain gifts that are different than everyone else's gift that he gave you in which you are to serve this world with. That's why he gave you the gift. But if you cannot discover the gifts that you have or believe that you have them, you never use them. But we have them. Now we were put here to serve everyone else who is here with the gifts that God has already given us. So we slowly learn his heart, what he wants to do, his desires, his will. We do that through the word of God so that basically we can rule this earth in Jesus' name. Say, in Jesus' name. I pray that I get one of these weeks to talk about Jesus' name, but we can't really do it tonight. But Jesus' name simply means that we get to take Jesus' place while we're down here on the earth. The Father's in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And he wants the same things done that he was doing when he was here. So he created mankind, a family to him, put his spirit and authority in them so that they could continue Jesus' work here in the earth. Now that takes the church beyond what the church is right now. It takes us out of the normal into the abnormal. You're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. You're going to see the power of God operate in your life. Say, in my life. Everything that you see Jesus did and everything you see that everybody else is doing, whether it's a pastor or whatever on TV, you can do the same thing. You don't have to be on TV to do it. You don't have to have a 2,000-seat church to do it. You have the same spirit of God and the same dominion and power as everyone else who does. So basically, we have the opportunity to do the same thing, and we do that in the name or in place of or in the power of attorney of Jesus Christ himself. All right, go to Matthew chapter 24. If you want to get in ministry in any, any kind and start using your gifts, you've got to understand one of the most important things is you are a gift. You are a gift to the body of Christ. You're, you're not in a ministry. You're not a hireling. You're not somebody hired. Because if you do that, you're going to want to please everybody. But if you're a gift, I mean, no, you can offer the gift to everybody, but not everybody might receive the gift that they give you. So instead of getting rejected and running back in a hole someplace and not doing anything, you continue to give the gift that you got. Some people will receive it. Some people won't. But it's a gift. I am a gift to the body of Christ. Latasha and Ben are a gift to the body of Christ. So they give their gift. Praise God. All right, Matthew chapter 24. Look at verse 6. We'll just start there. Jesus is talking. He says, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and diverse places. All these are the beginning of what? Sorrows. Now notice, if you remember when this was written back in Matthew and it was wrote down after Jesus said it, basically it was a prophetic thing of what's going to take place in the earth sometime. How many of you know that sometime seems to be taking place right now? I mean, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's terrorism, there's prejudice everywhere, there's bombings. It don't seem like you're safe anywhere anymore. This present world is falling apart. And in Scripture, if you read enough, you're going to find out that this present world will fall apart. It's just that we live in a country that has not been falling apart till recently. So basically we say, oh, yeah, that's for over there, and oh, that's for over there. But now it's for over here also, and you can see it crumbling and falling apart even now. So the kingdom that you're living in here on the earth is temporary. It is going to pass away. It is going to be destroyed, probably from within. That's the way everything is destroyed. So it's being destroyed right now. But there's no sense being all worked up about it or being all afraid of it because you also belong to another kingdom that is everlasting and it will never end. 
So the more you plug into the everlasting kingdom and operate in that kingdom, you won't have to worry so much about what's going on in the natural realm because you have a king who basically is there to protect you. He's there to make sure you have everything you need. He's there as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and using your gift. He will be there and you'll rise above things that are going on in this world. How many know that's important in the day and the hour that we live in right now? Praise God. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 12. All right, Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 25. It says, See that you refuse him not that speaks. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I, sh I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things which are shaken as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken will remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a what? consuming fire. So here it's talking about the kingdom that we live in from heaven. This is talking about the kingdom of heaven. Number one, you cannot refuse what the kingdom is speaking and what the king is speaking. How I many you know he's not speaking defeat right now? He's not speaking worry. He's not speaking fear. He is speaking the word of God to each and every person who's here. Now he's going to shake the earth and he's going to shake heaven. If he's going to shake heaven, basically it'll be shaken in a different way than earth. How many of you know that? The earth is going to be shaken, basically, and the only way it can be shook is not by God, but by the people that God has put here to shake the earth. And who is that? Notice, we get to do the shaking, praise God. A whole lot of shaking going to be going on. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's going to use that, but how's he going to do it? He's going to use the word of God in our mouths to speak truth into this earth realm, and he's going to shake some people up. I mean, they can't stand simple truth now. They can't, they, they can't even believe what they see. Now you're going to be speaking things out of the spirit realm that they can't even fathom taking place, but they're going to see it taking place. They see it taking place. And the best part about that is we're going to be the ones in the kingdom of heaven as an extension of it to show the manifestation of the glory of God into this earth realm where people want to argue with but cannot argue with it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Remember in the Bible one place it says, I don't care if he's from the devil or from God or whatever. All I know is I'm blind and now I can see. He didn't care, praise God. He didn't care. He's from the devil. I don't care. He's from God. I don't care. All I know is I was blind, and I can see, and that's all I care. People, how many you know when they're crippled and they get healed, they don't care? I mean, you don't have to explain it to them. You don't have to read 40 scriptures to them. They know that something happened in the power of something bigger than them that's going to take place. And this is the shaking that's going to come right now. And, and I mean, as the earth gets shook, how I many you know the earth is getting shook right now? I mean, turn on the news for five minutes, and that'll be all you can handle, number one. And number two, you can see the earth is being shaken all every place. Religions that, that we put up so high and put places are fighting one another. Jews are fighting the Muslims. The Mightings are in the middle of fighting the denominations. Everybody, the Jews are after the Muslims, and this one's after that. And everybody's trying to kill everybody. You know why? Because everybody's right. So the worldly kingdoms we see right before our eyes where that generation is starting to see things fall apart. But once again here it says, we have a kingdom that is stable, that is everlasting, 
that cannot be moved. Notice, you cannot move the kingdom of God with the word of God. So if the shaking is going to take place through the word of God, the kingdom of God produced the word of God, they're going to use to shake the nations. So it's not like God's going to say, oh my God, they said they're healed. I'm going to fall off the throne. It ain't going to work that way. That is the truth that we're going to be speaking, basically, and that's why it's going to shake the earth and basically not the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of God that we're with, basically, it is stable. Now, how many know there's a lot of different things out there we're being taught and we see on the news and stuff, man's attempts to solve the problems of this earth. I mean, every attempt that's been made, everything that's come has basically made it worse than it was before they started because whatever takes place in the kingdom of heaven does not come out of earth or out of the natural or out of man. It always comes from heaven down into the earth realm. It's a spiritual thing. So all the governments that you see right now, I don't care, democracy, uh, what try to be a kingdom, try to be a dictatorship, every single one is going to fall apart basically because every single government cannot survive in this earth realm because we're in a spiritual battle, say a spiritual battle. And religion has been one of the worst, how many of you know that? I mean, denominations can't even get along with denominations. Pastors can't get along with pastors. Preachers can't get along with preachers. And I'm not saying that everybody's got to come together, hold their hands and sing kumbaya, kumbaya. I'm just saying basically that you stay in your lane We could stop there for about four hours. Stay in your own lane. You don't have to go in everybody else's lane and do what everybody else is doing and how they're doing it and agree with them to make them happy. Because when it comes to the kingdom of God, you're either in agreement with the word or you're not. So it's, it's not a group of people getting together just don't agree on what they think or what they don't think. You know, is sh should lesbians be pastors? Should this and that? All that stuff has already been cleared in the kingdom of God. It's already there. So how many know if you go into the natural church in this day and age in a large church where they're debating these things and you start speaking truth, how many know you're going to shake that church on the earth? There's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on, praise God. And people are going to come against you and they're going to come and say things. Why? Because the truth, everybody's afraid of the truth, especially the devil, because when you know the truth, the truth shall set you and he's not much into freedom. He is into bondage, praise God. So religion basically is man's attempt to make everything better, to make it right. Government, they think they got it all figured out. Everything that they do makes it worse. And all these things from the earth want to do that stuff. But the only thing that will help this world right now, and the only thing I found out that will help me in my life, is the kingdom of God. Living in the kingdom of God, finding out the way the kingdom of God operates. The church in the world has tried everything. They have tried everything anything that could possibly be done, but the only answer to our problems and the world's problems is one thing, and that is the kingdom of Almighty God. All right, go to Luke chapter 4. All right, Luke chapter 4, look at verse 43. And Jesus said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I what? Sent. So Jesus tells you what he came here for. He came to preach the kingdom of God. Healing, basically, and deliverance were just showing you that the kingdom of God has really arrived because those were the manifestations of the kingdom of God. So he didn't even go around preaching healing. He didn't really preach deliverance. He, brought, he preached the kingdom of God. Say the kingdom of God. So he came here basically to return to earth the kingdom. Say return. return. So here's his mission. He came to, number one, reintroduce the kingdom of God to man. He came to restore righteousness and holy to man. He came to redeem the Holy Spirit back to man. He came to retrain mankind through the Holy Spirit for kingdom rulership and management. 
Now notice all these words. They have a re. Say a re. re. What does re mean? Re means to do again or to go back to something's original state. So this is not a new kingdom that God is bringing. This is the only first kingdom that was here on the earth one time. But how many know the kingdom of God had to leave when Adam and Eve sinned and became unholy vessels? So here it talks about re. What did he do? He restored us. He returned the Holy Ghost. He reintroduced us. He's now retraining for us. Why is that? Because in the very beginning, man was already the kingdom of God. Adam and Eve were the kingdom of God on earth. They had God's nature. They had everything that they needed from God to do that. But when they fell and that took place, the dominion was lost, the spirit of God had to go, and the kingdom basically was lost at that time. So Jesus came to re. Say re. re. How many know if Adam and Eve never sinned, we wouldn't need no re? But since they did, we have to have a re, praise God. Reconcile. Everything that Jesus did was to take us back to an original position and original state. So what God is doing and has been doing for 2,000 years really isn't something new. It's something old that we lost that he's bringing back new. So basically, here it talks about that Jesus came. What did he do? He preached the kingdom. So you know what he preached. He went around basically said, I'm here. I return the kingdom of God to you. You can return to your original position with power and authority. You can return to a place of victory in every area of your life. You can return to all these things. And at that time, some people understood it. Some people didn't understand it. And then at all at once he said, you know, they wanted the bread of life, which was natural things. And he said, eat me. Yeah. And how many know that went over real well? Yeah, about everybody there left him. They said, eat him. What's he talking about? We was talking about eating the kingdom, eating the word of the kingdom, eating that rather than going for things that are going to help you. Things basically aren't a big part of the kingdom. They're, they're at the tail end, and they follow your kingdom ways and your kingdom thoughts. So basically at that time, he was making a decision and telling people to return to the kingdom of God. Some people started to get it. Some people didn't. But how many know in the Old Testament, it wasn't even available to his disciples in the Old Testament until he died and was raised from the dead. Praise God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 4. Now, do you think God restored you back to the original position? Do you think he re re brought you back? Do you think he restored the spirit of God to you? All right, then all these things that we're constantly praying to get, we've got to stop praying to get what we've already got. And that's the problem with the church this day and age. He's given us things that belong to us. Power isn't something, I get in trouble with this, but power isn't something you need faith for. Usually when you're faithing, you're trying to get something. And you're no sense trying to get power when he's already given it to you. Are you following me? You can go with authority. Oh, I just want authority. I'm begging God for authority. Well, when you got born in the kingdom of God, authority was given to you as a gift. It belongs to you. You have authority. Well, I've never seen it work because you're still trying to get it. How are you going to make it work when you're not using it because you think you're still trying to get it? If you got it, you'll go ahead and you'll use it. It belongs to us. Another thing, and the church is going to figure this out, healing belongs to you. You're healed. That's what you are. That's who you are. You're a healed creature. You're an authority creature. You're a power creature. You don't have to pray for these things, beg for these things. How many know it wasn't your idea when you got born in the kingdom of God to get these things? You didn't say, well, I'll get born again, but only if you give me power and authority. No, you didn't even know what happened when you got born again. You didn't know your nature was going to be changed. You didn't know any of that stuff. But when you did, a miracle took place in our lives, and these things don't really need faith for. They need faith in. Because you've got to believe you have them in order to use them. But all these things belong to us. And when the church starts to get a revelation of who they really are and what they can really do, you're going to see ordinary people do abnormal things and, and, and things above, basically, that are going to, make people's eyes bug out, including the church. 
because this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're not just supposed to be having little fellowship groups and potlucks. There's nothing wrong with those things, but there's a higher level God wants to take us to in the kingdom of God where we're operating the things of power, praise God. The Bible says there is power in the name of Jesus, glory to God. And the name of Jesus was given to us if I just get enough faith. No, you don't need faith. You need to know you got the name of Jesus, and at that name, every knee shall and every tongue shall that Jesus Christ is. But we don't use it because we've been taught to get enough faith to do all this stuff, so we spend our whole lives trying to get enough faith, and how many know we die still trying to get enough faith, and when we get to heaven, we say, oh, my God, I had, had it all the time, you know? I mean, if you've got a nail that needs pound in and you've got a hammer, how many don't have to have faith for it? Lord, give me a hammer, give me a hammer, give me a hammer. No, you got a hammer. Take the hammer and pound the darn nail in, see? But that we've been taught so much different stuff, basically, that we get confused sometimes. All these things are our possessions. Isn't that good? I'm glad I don't have to get any more faith in everything. Man, I struggled for years trying to get enough faith in everything in my life. Get enough faith for healing. No, I am healed, praise God. So when sickness and disease come against me, how many you know it doesn't belong to you because I'm already healed? I don't have to get healed because I'm already So I'm going to resist it. H how many of you are righteous? All right, when sin comes, you say, oh, I'm unrighteous again. Oh, my God. I got to fight sin. I got to fight, 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 fight. Well, me and sin are just a battle in the day. No, you resist it. You say, that ain't me. It has no power over me and authority anymore. I don't sin anymore. I'm sinning anymore because I'm a righteousness of God in Christ, and I don't do this stuff. So we claim that. We claim our salvation. How many of you know you believe you're saved? Somebody comes up and says, you're not saved. You say, in your dreams, brother. I'm saved, Lord. What? Salvation is yours. It belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. The name belongs to you. Power belongs to you. And authority belongs to you. Yeah. All right, let me get back to where I belong. Here. Go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And from that time, Jesus began to preach. This was his first preaching. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is here, or the kingdom of God is when? Amen. At hand. So notice, one thing religion taught me was this is put off to the future. Now, that the kingdom of God is going to come later on or it's going to come when I die and go to heaven. How many of you know you ain't going to really need a lot of the power from the kingdom? You're going to have it when you die and go to heaven because there's nothing to use the power and authority on up there. So Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is here. Well, if it was here 2,000 years ago, then it's still, it's still here today. So the kingdom of God is available to each and every one of us. It's been brought, so that's what he came preaching, not something in the future. Adam and Eve were the kingdom of God at one time, but basically when they sinned, all mankind basically were put in a prison of the kingdom of darkness. Every one of us were born in prison, and we were in prison, and basically at that time there was no parole. You couldn't pay enough. How many of you tried? You couldn't buy your way out of it. You couldn't do it. So what happened? Jesus came along and offered you a pardon. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What did you do to get a pardon? Nothing. Somebody just decided to pardon me. So he pardoned you and he brought you out of a place that you could not get out of yourself. It couldn't be done. So the first thing he does basically when he gets you out of that place is put somebody in you by the name of the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. So that's what happened when we walked into the kingdom of God. First of all, you know, mankind was corrupted. When he made a mistake, we became unholy vessels. When we did, the Holy Spirit had to leave mankind at that time. At that time, we became part of another kingdom, not the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of ignorance. He keeps us ignorance, and we lost the king's nature and the power source on the inside of us. So basically what God did was sent Jesus to restore to us. Jesus brought the kingdom, told us about the kingdom. We now have a new nature, and we now have somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. Now, if you're going to operate in the kingdom of God, the key to your operation is a person called the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is basically your connection from earth to heaven. The only great thing is he lives right on the inside of you. So you don't have to run someplace to hear him. He's already on the inside of you. He's bringing Father God's information to you. And you're getting information and figuring out what to do. And you're doing it works back to him. Are you following me? So the Holy Spirit's there. So a lot of times I like to think of it as a cell phone. If I don't have my cell phone with me, I can't get any calls. If I don't have my cell phone with me, I'm driving down the street, and I want to call my wife, I can't call my wife. Some of you lived in those days. I did. I don't know how many of you in here. I did. Probably some of you didn't. You're a little bit younger than that, praise God. But no, that's what happened. So notice, now watch this. Whenever your cell phone gets down to like 20%, 15%, you almost go into a frenzy if there's not a place to plug it in. And recharge it. Is that right? Oh my God, 15%. Dear Lord Jesus, stick it in. But yet on the inside of us, we got the Holy Ghost. And we don't ever want to recharge. We get down to 10% and wonder why we're getting depressed. Wonder why a power don't work. Come out, I hope, in Jesus' name. See what happened? Your spiritual cell phone is wearing out. But we're more worried about the natural cell phone. Spend more time on the natural cell phone, get more information from the natural cell phone, and that's 90% what's wrong with the church right now. No, you've got a battery on the inside of you of God himself in there, and you need to plug in and you need to recharge. Well, how do I recharge? Okay, well, I'll tell you. Go to Jude 20. Jude is after 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. You're welcome. Yeah, we want to plug in. We want to recharge. We want to be able to hear loud and clear. You know, we want to have enough bars when God talks to us so we can hear what he's saying. We don't, I can't, you, ain't, you ain't coming through very good. You're crackling a little bit there, God. Could you speak up a little bit? And the whole problem is we're not charged with our battery, praise God. All right. Did you find Jude? Look at verse 20. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, doing what? Praying in the Holy Ghost. This is why praying in the Holy Ghost is so important. And even the gifts in you, if they're spiritual, will come out of you by you staying in tune with the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of you. Basically, every gift that you ever wanted is already on the inside of you. I mean, prophecy is in there. Faith is in there. All these spiritual gifts that God gives you, discernment is already in there. But you've got to build yourself up in your spirit in order for those things to flow out of you at the time God wants to use those things. Many people are still praying for the gifts. Well, all the gifts are in you because the gift is in you. And every gift that you got comes from the gift who already is on the inside of you. So maybe one time you'll prophesy to somebody. Maybe another time you'll have a word of knowledge. Why? Because he knows more than you do. And he knows which gift you should be using at that time. But if you're still praying to get that gift, how many know you're not going to use it? Well, if I just get the gift of prophecy, God's saying, prophesy, prophesy. As soon as I get the gift, I'll I'll prophesy. I've got a word for him. No, no. You've got gifts on the inside of you, but you've got to keep yourself built up on your most holy faith, and you do that through praying and what? The Holy Ghost. Right, go to 1 Corinthians 14. Teach a whole Bible tonight. And I'll tell you what, your mind is going to argue with you all the time on praying in the Holy Ghost. Stupid, dumb, what are you doing? Wasting your time. You pray and you really plug in and you look at your watch and it's been seven minutes. You thought it was three hours that you prayed in the Holy Ghost because it's supernatural, praise God. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 
Look at verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies who? The The church. So prophecy is there to edify the entire church. If it's in a meeting like this, it takes place. So if Latasha or Ben get up and they prophesy, it is for the body of Christ who are here. They prophesy the word forward. But notice, you can build up yourself simply by praying in the? In the Holy Ghost. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, it builds you up on the inside. And if you pray just long enough, you're going to find out that you'll start praying at times when you're not even thinking about praying at times. It's like running downhill. If you, if you run downhill too long and it's too steep, you can't stop. Even when you want to stop, you've got to keep running. It's the same way like that. It just keeps coming out of the inside of you, and you're not even trying to do it anymore. It just flows. That's why the Bible says there is a river. You know what a river does? What does it do? See, and you get in that flow, and we're not going to go very far. I can see this tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I just can't get anywhere tonight. So basically, when you get in a service like Sunday or some of the other, there's always a Holy Ghost flow in that service, and you will either be able to plug into it or you won't be able to plug into it depending on where you're at in the Spirit that day. So in other words, we'll have a praise and worship service, and it'll end at the end, and that's supposed to be the end, and we'll do whatever we're supposed to do, and we'll do. But sometimes at the end of praise and worship, how many know you know that you know that you know that it's not the end? And you know that you know that you know that something else is supposed to happen, so you wait. So you've got people out there fighting with themselves. You've got a major battle going, because now the Spirit is fighting with the natural and it's easy when you end praise and worship and God wants to preach us a powerful word and that's it because you can say anything you know we love you praise God but if you're in a flow and you're not in the flow you don't even want to talk you just want to go because you know there's a flow there and it's flowing by you but you're still on the bank are you listening see when, when I used to wasn't a pastor and I was going to a church and I'd be there. Sometimes praise and worship got so wonderful. At the end of it, I knew sitting in my pew exactly what should be done next to enhance and follow the spirit of God. But the pastor did not know. So sometimes he would just say something and I'll tell you what, it would kill it. It's like somebody took a bucket of water and just poured it on the fire and just shut the thing down. And all the time I'm saying, oh, you should have did this. Oh, you should have did that. Oh, you should have. Because when you're flowing with the spirit of God, there's certain things. Sunday was a flow. It was just a flow. That's all it was. People say, what happened? Nobody knows what happened. It just flowed. (laughs) People say, did you plan that service? No, we didn't plan that service. Trust me. So the service may be a word that God wants to deliver. Sometimes the prophecies go to break your ground so that when I preach what I was going to preach the next week, you'll get it because you had some stuffy, stinky, hard ground that the prophetic had to smash and make some cracks in so that the Spirit of God through the Word could get into you the next time. Are you following me? That's why sometimes the, the, the come on me prophetically and I'll preach prophetically. I won't pick up my notes. I won't do anything. What am I doing? I'm bashing your, your religious crap and beating it and slapping it and, and cutting it and kicking it and slapping it. Then the next week I come real calm and I start teaching the Word. And you say, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, because I broke up your cement mind. See, beat it up, and then the word was ready to get in. The Spirit of God knows what he's doing. But there's something, and we sing the one song, you know, uh, 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 I'm open to you now, let your spirit move, we sang Sunday. We say, let your spirit move, and all the time God's saying, let my spirit move. (laughs) So he sings it, let your spirit move. He sings back, let my spirit move. Because he's always ready to move in one direction or another, whether it's just the word of God that needs to be brought forth, whether we need to move in the spirit, whether we need to lay hands, whether we need to do. We, we don't do the same thing every time because he don't want to do 
the same thing every time. Sometimes I got one of the best sermons in the whole entire world, and he never lets me give it. And then I go up, up in front a little bit and try to straighten him out. But needless to say, I find out in the end that he was right, and I'm just going to save it for another time or move on to something else or whatever, and that's what it's all about. It's a flow with the Spirit of God in your life, and that's why it's good if you're going to teach on Wednesday night to have notes, but don't be afraid to step off your notes for a little bit and go in a different direction because he knows what everybody needs out there and you don't know what everybody needs. So basically he'll work that way. It's a flow of the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God is here. He's here to teach us. He's here to train us. Say train us. How many of us know he wants to train you to operate in the spirit realm of things because the natural isn't going to help anybody. It's the spirit. It's the word of God that does it. So many different things go on and you've got to judge it by what's happening and what's going on. Sometimes when we're up here and, and it ends, I know somebody's got a word. So I just close my eyes and I stand there and I wait and I wait and I'm, pretty soon somebody comes up. I've got a word. Well, I knew you had a word, my goodness sakes. Or they will come up, which was good. You know, the lady, I don't know what her name is, the thin lady who came up on Sunday. Mary Beth came up front and said, uh, I, the Lord spoke to me and he told me this. And she went, I said, well, tell it. She said, no, no, you tell it. Went and sat down. I'm not here to interpret Plus, I don't want to say what they said because I didn't hear that from God and I heard it from her. And I, she may have heard from, you know, Buddha as far as I know, praise God. So, they, so you bring her up. She gave her little word. How many know she was petrified? How many know she did it though? How many know it was in line with God's word? So it's good. And even if you do it and it's a little bit out of line, it's all right. We can slowly bring you back in or I can correct it while teaching that nobody knows that I corrected. I mean, all this stuff can be done, but don't be afraid to flow in the spirit of God. My God, that's where all the power is. That's why Hebrews was stored to us. That's why he lives on the inside of us. So we want to be able to follow the spirit of God in our lives when the spirit of God basically sees a different place or what needs to be done or what doesn't. Now, don't get to the place where you're over-spiritual where he's telling you everything that you've got to do. Move your right hand. Move your left hand. Put your left foot in front of you. Put your right foot. Brush your teeth. And should I? People came up to me one time and said, well, I don't know if God told me. Should I brush my teeth? I said, yeah, brush your teeth. I don't care if the devil told you to do it. Do it, for God's sake. You need your teeth brushed, for God's sakes. Because, I mean, you, you, you preach this way, and this is going to go out over the Internet. And just don't get flaky, for God's sakes. Just be human with the Spirit of God on the inside of you, for goodness sakes. He doesn't have to tell you to do every little thing that you do in your life. But if you're walking around and all at once you get a word for somebody, you give it. If somebody needs a smile and a hug, you walk over and you do it. And you'll find out sometimes that's all it takes to break something off of someone, praise God. And all you did was follow the Spirit of God and do what you were supposed to do. See, there's things we're supposed to be doing. This is just our daily thing. You go out in the world, man. You go any place. You, you go, I like to say, you want a real challenge, go to Walmart. <laughs> yeah, go to Walmart. Talk about ministry, dear Lord Jesus. You've got to be careful because you're going to get a lot of words from a lot of different areas there. So you've got to make sure it's the Spirit of God, praise God. And don't get me wrong. I like Walmart. They're cheap, you know, and stuff. But, but yeah. I mean, you're going to flow in the things of the Spirit and learn to flow in the things of the Spirit, but you learn by doing. How many know you didn't jump on the bicycle the first time and ride down the street? No, you fell down, you got up, you fell down, you got up, you fell down. Then you didn't want to get back on the bike because you fell down. Well, it's the same way within the Spirit. You've got to be at a place where you're ready to flow, and you do that by praying in the Holy Ghost and building yourself up spiritually. See, everybody wants to go to the gym. Yeah, I want to look like, ooh, look at me. Everybody loves me. i got a great big body. Well, what are you doing spiritually, do you see? Are you following? We're, we're so much in the natural realm. We're, we're so, the way we look and the way we do things. I'd rather be 
full of the Spirit of God on the inside and, and whether you got all these other features or not. Now, it's not bad to have features. Well, I don't know. I don't know who I'm talking. I know who I'm talking to, but I don't know who I'm talking to on the tape, see? So the thing is, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with going to the gym. It's not a sin. But if you're going to go to the gym, pray in the Holy Ghost while you're gone there, while you're exercising, when you come back, praise God. Build up this Spirit of God on the inside of you so you learn to flow with the things of the Spirit. And you'll come to a place where you'll know what to do or what's happening or what's going on. You won't be questioning things so much. You'll know what's going on. Like A.J. Sunday, when I saw him in the Spirit, I knew what was wrong with him. I knew that I knew that I knew what was wrong with him. He just just was there. Well, it's not something that I prayed about. It's not something I fasted about. It's not something I was begging for a word. It just came up out of the flow that was, uh, it was just floating down the river. Right. It happened to come up at the time that it came up. And that's what it's all about, man. It's about operating in the spirit of God. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Spiritual living, spiritual. You can go to a church service and how many know it can be dead. Right. And I mean really dead. You wish you stayed home, praise God. You were doing better before you came there depressed. Because now you're leaving more depressed. Why? Because it was all the natural. It was all the worldly things. It was all somebody trying to do something. No, but when it's the Spirit of God, when you come to a service, you should feel better when you leave that service. You should. It should be there, praise God, because the Spirit of God is bringing you solid word. He's changing your mind. He's working on your mind. He's doing things. Colleen said she listened to the first sermon, and somebody told her, listen to me now seven times, and every time she listened to it, she gets something different from it. Now, why is that? Because we're growing, aren't we? So, so if you go back to a tape that you liked, I always put stars on my tapes, and I open them up, and there's 16 tapes in there, and I just play the star ones. I mean, you go to a buffet. I'm not going to eat broccoli. Come on now. I'm going to the meat table, and I'm going to get me some, see? So I open up my table. Oh, that's a star. That must have been good to me back then. I listened to it and said, wow, that was good. And I go to the next one. I get Now, if I get all my stars caught up, I can go to another one and see if its star qualifies. <laughs> but I got so many stars, it's hard to get out of the starry realm. But, yeah, those tapes that you get, man, and, and that, that move you and do something to you, hang on to those things. I write on it when I listen to it last. And I'll pull it back up and say, my God, I listened to that two years ago. I put it on there and said, man, I never heard that before in my life. I can't believe what they're saying in there. Because everything's on at New Year at a different level. You're at a different understanding. God has been working. The Spirit of God has been working on the inside. And that's what the Spirit of God is here for. He's here to train us to be kingdom people, kingdom thinkers with a king's heart so that we can spread that into other people's hearts and into their lives and get them delivered from the ignorance that's in there. If you've ever been to places like the Bahamas and those kind of places, basically they were an extension of another kingdom at that time, England, and at that time they got a big thing on, big house up there that's a governor's mansion. Well, what was the governor? He was someone taken from England. He was sent over there who knew all the ways of the home country, how to train people, how to teach people, what they want to do. They put him up in a big house on the side, and he was up there, and he got people around him who knew exactly what the king wanted over there, and pretty soon everybody's driving on the wrong side of the street. Everybody's drinking tea. See, what happened? He built that culture in, but he did it through the governor, say the governor. And the governor was living in a house. So what's this? This is a kingdom of God. God comes. He wants to restore it. So he takes his spirit and he puts him in another mansion. Oh, I like the way that feels. Oh, yeah, mansion. Look at me. 
Yeah, you're a mansion. He put the, the governor in the mansion, and what's he want to do? He wants to train first some, some people, his ecclesia, his people, and that's what he uses the church for. And then he sends us out to tell them, hey, no, that's not the way you do it. No, you love this person there. No, let me help you with your giving. You do this, you do, because we've got the information to do it, do you see? And when Adam and Eve failed and basically fell apart, the governor had to leave that country because it was no longer under dominion, but now it's been restored back to that way. And I'll tell you, people, you can see out last because people, you go to the Bahamas, are still doing the same things, and they've been free for a long time. But they're still doing the same things that England taught them to do years and years ago, even though they're not under. So we, we've been under the kingdom of darkness for a long time, and now we come into the kingdom of God, but most people are still doing the same things they were doing. Still riding on the left side of the road, still drinking tea, wearing ties in the middle of the afternoon when it's 100 degrees. <laughs> They're doing all that stuff that's there. That's what they do. Why? Because they've been trained to do that. But well, that government's going, oh, that, I don't know. that's just the way we do it here. And that's the way the church is right now. We've got to understand, we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And everything changed when you entered into that. You're no longer a loser anymore. You are a winner. You're not a victim. You are a victor at this point. You are a king and a priest unto God. And that mentality has to come on on the inside of you. I mean, you know, over in England, when the, the people were born that were going to someday move up to the throne. How many know they were trained from day one? This is the way you walk. You walk with your shoulders straight up and you walk like this. And this is the way you talk. And this is the way you eat. And this is the way. See, they're trained to be royalty. That's what they were trained to do. So when their time came and they were going to be king or in the upper, upper realm of it, basically they acted like someone who was royalty. Well, the Holy Ghost is here to teach us how to be royalty in the kingdom of God now. But how many know they trained him from birth and we were messed up from birth to whenever we got born again. So there has to be some retraining. Say retraining. So the Holy Ghost is in us to retrain us. He's in us to show us. He's showing us basically the difference between the spiritual and the natural realm. He's trying to get you into a place where you're ready to flow with him at all times. There's one verse in the Bible that struck with me now for the last month. It's no matter what you do, do it in the name of Jesus. That always questioned me. I could see casting out in the name of Jesus, praying, but whatever I do is in the name of Jesus, yes, because you are Jesus' representative here. So if I'm going to play basketball, I'm going there in the name of Jesus as Jesus himself would go there. If I'm going to the store, I go in Jesus' name as Jesus. That'll keep you from doing a lot of things that you used to do before when you thought put Jesus over there, when the driver pulled out in front of you and you put Jesus over there just for a second. But no, we drive in the name of Jesus. We go to the store in the name of Jesus. We do all those things in the name of Jesus. So what are we doing? We're his representative, and you're going to have to act like Jesus act in order to be a good representative of who he is. All right, go to Matthew chapter 6. All right, Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 9, very familiar scripture. Jesus is speaking. After this manner, therefore, pray, our Father, which art where? In heaven, hallowed be thy name. So this tells us for sure where the Father is right now. Where is he? He's in heaven. And how many know heaven is a spiritual place? It is a real place, but it is a spiritual place. It's just as real as the earth. So man basically was put here. He is the creature here on the earth. Man created God in his image and his likeness so that he would extend God's kingdom into the earth realm. 
Basically, your authority is in the name of Jesus, in place of Jesus, doing what Jesus was doing here on the earth. You were created a spirit being with a physical body. Say a spirit being, physical body. Say, I'm really a spirit being. And you, you just go to some churches and you tell people they're a spirit, and it's the greatest revelation they've ever heard in their entire life, because up until this time, they've been told they are a soul. Or the white ball that either floats up or floats down and has got so many black marks and so many... No, you are a spirit being, for goodness sakes. And that's why it's important for you to stay built up in the spirit so you can connect with the spirit realm that's up there. So basically, God's going to work on your soul. He is, I'm in the process of saving your soul. Your soul was not saved when you got born again. You were spiritually changed when you got born again. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions that was already had a bunch of stuff plugged into it. I am here to break that stuff out. Anybody that teaches is going to try to break that stuff out. And how many know anybody that ever gets behind here on a Wednesday night breaks something off of you? It doesn't matter how, how it don't look like it's too deep, anything else, but you'll find out there's parts in you that aren't that deep. In other words, you don't need dynamite all the time. You could use some chiseling. Or just a reminder sometime. You know, somebody gets up and says, and the Bible says we should love one another. And you think, my God, I forgot all about that. I was ready to, I was ready to kill 14 people today. I'm glad they said that back here. I don't care if they say anything else. It was in the Word. Yeah, how many know we need to be reminded of the Word over and over again? Paul always said, uh, I'll put you into remembrance. Why is that? Because you probably forgot. So I'm putting you back in again. So here it's talking about heaven. It's talking about a spiritual realm, but there's also a natural physical realm here on the earth that we have to deal with at the same time. God's purpose was for man to rule this earth in his name and under his authority. So it's important that we figure out God's thoughts, God's ways, God's desire, and then manifest his thoughts and ways into this earth realm. All right, look at verse 10. After this, a man of therefore pray, Our Father out in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is where? In heaven. In heaven. Okay, so here's, here's our mission. This is what he told us to do. He told us that through mankind, through us, he's going to bring his will. He's going to make heaven come to earth. I was always told my main thing to do was to leave earth and get to heaven. Well, that really something you don't want to do until you finish what you're supposed to do here. There's no sense praying to get out of here because there's no sense in that. So here it says he wants to bring heaven into the earth realm. So in order to do that, I'm going to have to stay connected to him. And that's why God basically made you the righteousness of God in Christ. Now notice, you're not righteous. You're the righteousness of you're God's righteousness. Now that, that was a revelation to me. I knew I was righteous, but I didn't know it was God's righteous. You know, I thought I was righteous, but I thought he was more righteous. I was holy, but I thought he was more holy. But if it's his holiness and his righteousness, he can't more be more righteous than he is. So basically, I had God's righteousness on the inside of them. Through that, basically, God speaks to people in the earth through your mouth. I mean, you know, now some people, you know, see things in the natural and, you know, the, the sun came up and it was on the left side and a cloud came by and that's all right. You know, but, but God wants to deal with you spirit to spirit, not natural to spirit if he can. Are you following me? It's all right. You know, if you see stuff in the natural, that's fine. It's God speaking to you. But God wants to speak to you right here. Then he wants you to be his mouthpiece here. Because some people can't hear what he's saying, but you did and need to hear it. So he uses our mouths to do it. Look how important you are. You're important. It's his mouth that's going to do anything. His authority, his power, it's going to do anything or show that it's, that it's real. It's going to be done through us, not any other way. Now, we can pray for the Father to do it. But how many know the Father's not in our country 
Not in our country right now. He's in heaven. Jesus is where? At the right hand of the Father in heaven. He sent the Holy Ghost, which is his power and authority to be in us. So it's our job, basically, to display the kingdom of God as being real, as being powerful, as being something. Notice, what drew everybody to Jesus? It wasn't necessarily his magnificent way he dressed. It wasn't that he was a very great-looking guy, although I'm sure he would. But when he started ministering in power and signs, wonders, and miracles, the Bible said one time a whole city. you imagine that? A whole city came to him. What out in this church if the power of God would break out so strong that everybody that walked through the door started falling down and getting healed as soon as they walked in the door? And word spread. Pretty soon you'd have people lined up, praise God, out in the middle of US 1. Come on now. To get into this place simply because they want something like that. They want the power. In that stage, you don't even want another sermon. You don't want to hear about going to heaven. You don't want to hear about anything. You just want feel better, praise God. You want something good to happen to you. Well, all that stuff comes later. So you get them delivered, you get them healed, and you get them in the kingdom. Then the hunger comes. They're not hungry for the word of God. You're just quoting the word to them, and they're looking at you like you're in outer space sometime. Are you going to heaven when you die? I don't know. Is there a place called heaven? Then you got to sit there and show them 15 scriptures? No. But if you walk up, put hands on them, and they've been sick, bowed over for 18 years, and all, once they can stand straight up, how many you know they're ready to do something and want to find out what happened? So it's going to be the power of God in this day and this hour that we're in right now that where the adjustment's going to be made on the church. And in order to do that, how many know the preaching has to change? For the power to change. We can't preach the same old sermon and the same old thing and the same old believe God and trust God and believe God and trust God. And, and if you need finances, believe God. And if you don't have finances, believe harder for God. No, just seek ye first the kingdom of God and all those finances will knock you down or overrun your bank account and go wild. Because that's what Jesus told us to do. If you're not seeking the kingdom, I don't care how many times you speak it. It's not going to work in your life, praise God. God has an order to do things. He has a way of doing things. And we will study the Bible and find out these things and the ways it works. All right, praise God. Let's just just go to John's gospel. We'll just finish there. Some of you look like you're overflowing. John chapter 9. I'm telling you, it's an exciting time to be in the kingdom of God. I I don't know if I've ever been this excited, even when I started a church, even when we were doing Sunday night meetings where we were displaying the power of God and people were getting delivered, healed, laughing and everything else. All those are wonderful, but it was just a taste to people in this area, you know, to get going. And people need a taste. The church needs a taste of the power of God. They've had their sermons. They can have more. But like I say, the sermons are what take you to a deeper level. I'm, I'm convinced of that. That's why I'm going back and listening to some of them. And some of them I listen to, I'm saying, man, you know, I've heard that sermon three or four times on tape but you know what I have never done what that sermon tells me to do even though I've told other people to do it I'm not doing it myself that ever happened to anybody yeah yeah Yeah, I'm not doing it that's a great sermon I can't wait to tell somebody else but we don't do it ourselves so basically we've got to come to a place where we really understand all these things are gifts to us and we can use them praise God as God wants us to use them all right John chapter 9 Look at verse 1. And Jesus passed by. He saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, said, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, The night cometh when no man can work. 
as long as I am in the world, I am what? I was reading this the other day, and it just jumped out, man. It just hit me right in the head. Look at verse 3. Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest. Now, I don't believe there should be a period there. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works that sent me. Okay, so here's Jesus. God wants to do these mighty miracles and, and everything else, but he can't do them unless Jesus manifested the works of God, so people could see the works of God through the manifestation through Jesus Christ. Okay, and then he says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Is he the light of the world anymore? No, he's not. Read the scripture. As long as I am in the world, is he in the world anymore? No, he's gone. As long as I'm here, what do I got to do? I got to manifest healing. I got to manifest deliverance. I got to manifest power. Why? Because God wants it manifested. And if I don't manifest it, nobody else is going to manifest it. And they won't know God's love and power and everything that he has. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But now he's not the, because he's no longer in the So now who is going to have to do these works? Who's going to have to do these works if God wants it manifested, the power of God? It's not going to be manifested unless we do the, unless we do the works. We've got to do the works or it's never going to be. And, and you know what I was taught? Pray and God will fly down and he'll touch Brother Joe or he'll heal Sister Susie or he'll do things. God doesn't want to come here. That's why he created us and put us here. If he wanted to come here, he'd have just thrown us down here and did everything that he could, but it's not that way. He wants his family to do what he wants done here in the earth, because this is his realm. His realm is up there, and everything's going fine and dandy up there. So basically, unless I manifest the works of God, nobody will ever see the works of God, because I'm the only one that can do the works of God. Now, in this day and age, who's the light of the world? We are. We're the light of the world, not Jesus. Well, Jesus will do it. He's the light of the world. No, Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. You're going to have to do it in order for it to get done. And when people start seeing the works of God, not only does it show his power, it shows his love. Because a lot of people don't understand it, God's love. Because they're busy blaming everything that goes wrong on God. They'll say he loves them, but then they think he, he gets struck with a tornado and it was his fault. It's not that way. God loves people so much, he will heal the worst person in the world if they just open the door and we're there basically to be used by God to manifest the works of God. So at this, I, got to, I started repenting. I said, my God, I've got to manifest more of your works if I'm going to bring glory to you, for goodness sakes, because I'm the light of the world. I thought Jesus was doing everything. No, I am the light of the world, praise God. I've got everything I need on the inside. Do we have power? Do we have authority? Do we have wisdom? Do we have knowledge? Do we have gifts? Then we need to start using all those things that we have instead of always wanting to get them. And the only reason why we try to get them is because we've never seen them work. And if you've got to see them work, you're not in faith anyway. So we have to believe them first that I have them, and then I will use them. Are you following me? So basically what do we got to do? We got to understand that all these things were gifts of God. They were given to us. They came with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God is the gift. Say he's the, the gift. Now how many know he's got a lot of other gifts that come with him on the inside of each and every one of us? So basically I've been saying, you know, if you want to use me in prophecy, praise God, that's fine today. If you want to use me for miracles or healings today, praise God. Word of knowledge for somebody, right here I am. I'm the one. Don't, don't take anybody else. I'm the one in there. I'm the one doing it. And before I was praying to get those gifts... And once again, I wasn't going to operate him because I didn't believe I had him, and I didn't know I was going to get him until I operated him, so I'm never going to believe I have him. I was going to die and take all the gifts that I had to heaven with me. And then I could tell Jesus about all the gifts he gave me. Thank you, Jesus. But how many know Peter doesn't need prophesied over? Yeah. 
Paul doesn't need delivered anymore. See, all those things. So as we get the revelation of who we are and what we're doing and what's going on here, we're going to start to manifest the things of God. And notice, you don't have to worry about anybody giving you the glory. They're going to know it's not you. There'll be no argument with that. <laughs> when you open the blind eyes, they're going to know it's not you. It's somebody greater than you, somebody with more power than you who's given you that power basically to do it. So you don't have to be afraid of that either. Well, praise God. Next week, we'll teach about the kingdom of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you, Father. We are the ones that are going to manifest the works that you want. We're going to manifest your love, manifest your power. We are going to show people that you love them so very, very much. Father, I thank you for a continued revelation of the gifts and the inheritance that you've given each and every one of us here, every man, woman, and child who has entered the kingdom of God. And we thank you that you can use us anytime you want to through those gifts. Let that river continue to flow on the inside. And we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in this church, and all over Fort Pierce and Port St. Lucie. And we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Praise God. the key.